Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. So last week we got back into our journey through the book of James. So we are just going to continue that, so we're up to chapter 3 of James. So if you do have your Bibles, I encourage you to sort of get that ready. And... um. Yeah, the idea of the spoken word is quite a, an amazing thing, quite a powerful thing. The fact is it's, it's one of the defining things that they, they say that separates us from the animal world. We, we know, according to Scripture, you know, that we are made in the image of God, that there is a definite distinction between humanity and the animal world. But for, for the natural thinkers out there, they see a, a distinction there. And one of the key distinctions is, is that ability to be, communicate and articulate the way we do with words and communication. And so we're a world built on words, aren't we? The fact is, you know, that, that, that's how information moves about. This ability to, to switch on the TV and hear what's going on in another country overseas, that we can flick on the radio and hear people's opinions on things, that we can pick up a book and read you know, people's stories or people's imaginations. You know, the word and words have a real presence and they have a, a power behind them in that sense. And so James does devote a whole section here on words and just that we need to be cautious with our words. We need to be careful and realise that there is both creative power with our words but there's also destructive power with our words. And so again, as we've sort of highlighted with, with James, he comes in just all guns blazing. He doesn't hold back. And a lot of his sayings, you can almost grab them as key little things to remember. And I think he's doing this purely just to sort of say, no, come on, let's make sure we get this right. Let's make sure we do this well. And so as a highlighter when we introduce the book of James, he just hits a number of different topics. So last week we are talking about faith and the fact that our faith needs to be demonstrated in actions. That it's not just something we say with our words, but here he is almost, you know, you can almost say sort of flipping to the other side, sort of saying, but our faith is also in our words. Yes, it definitely needs to be demonstrated in action and in, in, in the good deeds that, that, that are produced, the fruits of our, our, of our faith. But our words need to match it. And the fact is, you know, James isn't the only section of scripture that addresses, you know, the power of the tongue and the power of words. You know, Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Yeah? The power of death or life is in the tongue. There's another little proverb. You know? A gentle answer, answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. We're going to get to those harsh words. James addresses that a little bit in, in, in his section as well. And Jesus himself, when he was teaching, he highlighted the fact that, you know, our words reflects what's actually going on inside. In this section in Matthew 15, you know, he's, he's challenged by the religious people. So saying, oh, why don't your disciples eat the way we eat and clean their hands the, the, the right way and all that sort of thing? And Jesus said, no, 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 you got it all wrong. It doesn't, it's not what you put into you that defiles you. It's what's coming out of your heart and what you say that does. So Matthew 15, 18, he says, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. So Jesus understood it. Jesus understood that, you know, 
our words are a reflection of what's actually internally being built and developed. And the fact is it came with quite a warning. A little bit later, in, or a little bit before, sorry, Matthew chapter 12, this is what he says. This is verses 36 and 37 of Matthew 12. He says, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Yeah, pretty, pretty blunt sort of things. But we do need to be cautious with the words we speak. We need to be cautious with what we say, which means we've got to address what's on the inside. We've got to address our heart and make sure that our heart is being renewed and refreshed in Jesus. Amen? So James himself actually introduced, this was one of the topics he was going to raise. In chapter 1 of James, in verse 26, he said, you know, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. So right at the get-go, he knew this was a topic he was going to hit on in his letter. So it's there in his introduction. And it really fits well with one of the other little points he makes, and this is one that people like to remember. In verse 19 of chapter 1, he says, Take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak, which helps us be slow to become angry. It's not that we won't get angry, it's not that we won't get frustrated. But if we're making sure we're listening first and watching our words, then our response to things is going to be a whole lot better. Words are powerful. Self-esteem and self-confidence are often learned or lost in the words of a parent to a child. And as I said in that verse out of Matthew 12, you know, our Lord himself considered careless words to be a serious matter. So let's read this section. Let's just read it through. So it's James chapter 3 from verse 1 through to 12. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Like that alone makes me shudder. <laughs> I know the first time I sort of realised that that was in Scripture, you know, it made me second question, you know, do I really want to go into mystery? My words will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So again, he, he, he links this ability that if we can control our tongue, then our behaviour starts to match. And if we can get that right, then our behavior matches. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Very cool. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even, through the, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your whole body. It sets your whole life on fire, for, it's, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our God and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing comes pouring out of the same mouth, 
Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh and bitter water or salt water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. In this statement, we see sort of three distinct sort of little things that James highlights. And with those three things, he gives two examples. So with that first one, he's, he's talking about just the, the controlling power of the tongue. He says, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. And he uses this imagery of, you know, the, the bit the, in the horse's mouth. I'm not a horse rider. I don't know the name of all the bridle bits and pieces, but there's the little bite that they put in the mouth. And so when you pull on those reins, it steers the horse. And even though it's a big, strong creature, they soon learn that whenever that thing moves, they, they, they follow it. And same with the rudder on a ship. You know, these, I don't know if anyone's been on a cruise ship or seen the big, big liners when they come into Sydney. They're, they're massive. They are. They're huge. But in comparison to the rudder, you know, the rudder's only a small part. But it does great things, doesn't it? <laughs> Without that rudder, those ships would be in big trouble. Now, the next point he sort of makes, he's, he's just talking about how, how, how destructive and how dangerous the tongue can be. That the tongue is a flame of fire. He uses this image of a tiny spark that sets a great forest on fire. You know, we know that too well, don't we, from two years ago. And he talks about how you know, we can tame all sorts of animals, but can we truly tame the tongue? And he uses some pretty graphic language of describing the tongue. It's almost language of hopelessness, but he's sort of saying, no, that's why we need to actually have Jesus in our life. This is why we need him so bad. Because without him, it would just be all over the place. And the last one, he shows this comparison that, you know, there's this conflict that out of the same mouth we can bless and curse. But he's saying this isn't the way it should be. You know, fresh water and salt water shouldn't be coming from the same spring. You know, fig trees don't produce olives, which again is reflecting back to what he was saying in last week's message where you know, the fruits of our faith have to match up to what it is, and it will. If what's going on in here isn't right, the fruit that we produce isn't going to be right. So he's saying it's the same in the tongue. The tongue needs to reflect what's going on in the inside. So it's just three points I want to make to sort of wrap this up. It's a fairly short little message today. And it's that first one, that speech is directive. You know, speech like the bridle of a horse or the rudder of a ship, it, it, it directs and guides. And in any time we're talking about the tongue, it's not only words we're speaking to others, but words we speak to ourselves. That if we say words that are steering us or steering others down the wrong path, you know, telling them that they're no good or telling ourselves that we're no good, then we're going to go down a path that's no good. It directs, it steers. I know something me and Prince work really hard on with our kids is any time they say something you know, down on themselves, we sort of say, no, no, no. Change that. Change that narrative. Change those words. You know, be honest, you know, if you've made a mistake, you say, yeah, I've made a mistake, but it doesn't mean you're useless. It doesn't mean you're broken. Got to watch our words, don't we, boys? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So we've got to be, got to make sure that we use our tongue well to guide, 
ourselves and guide those around us. Where are we steering to? Are we steering them to a better place? Are we steering them to and into the promises of God? So speech is directive. But the danger of it is that speech can be destructive. You know, there is, there is endless good we can speak. But at the same time, there is such destruction that can be brought forth just purely by word. And even though James is good at sort of really being blank and stark and saying, no, nah, this is the way it is, he really does sort of hit you in the face with his, with his language. But he's just making that point. So saying, no, it, it is. This is the destructiveness of words when they're used wrong. They are like a, a spark to a, to a dry forest. They are like a deadly poison. Yeah? I mean, the boys have watched a lot of those deadly 60s sort of shows and they show the, you know, the, the poisonous snakes and they talk about how quickly that poison, if you were to be bitten, and how quickly it would get into your system and cause you to, your body to start to shut down. The wrong words can do exactly the same. It can cripple people. It truly can. You know, in, in the notes that I was using to sort of form this morning's message, it sort of said, you know, you know they, they called them contentious words or controversial speech. And I sort of thought, well, why would they put that in there? And the more I sort of thought about it, I thought, well, yeah, it's not that we don't share our opinions. It's not that we don't voice our disagreements. I'm not saying we have to be just la-di-da, happy Christian, smiley face in, in all situations. Okay? It's not what I'm saying. God's given us intellect and reason and the ability to analyse. You know, that He's given us that for a reason. He's given us that to use. But there is a way we say things. There is a way that we use that intellect, the way we use that reasoning. And we've got to be careful that we use it to bring life and not death. Let's use it in a way that's not going to stir more to anger, but actually bring people to redemption. It's going to bring people together. They're not going to bring people apart. The last one is, is that speech is deceptive. Speech is deceptive. In those last couple of verses, it spoke about how, you know, from the same mouth, someone could be praising the Lord and then the next second cursing their brother. And the fact is, I think we can almost deceive ourselves at times. Where we can use words and use that self-talk where we just go, oh, I think I'm doing all right. I know I've done it at times. I'll be the first to put my hand up where life just gets crazy busy and you, you start to skip on your, your reading your word or just spending some time with God each day and things like that. And you just go, oh, but it's all right. It's all right. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But I know in my own life when I do that, not long down that track, I start to just go, this, I'm not feeling right and things just don't seem to be gelling the way that they should and I just feel disconnected. And it's because I've 
started to distance myself from the presence of God and time in his, his presence and in his word. But it was my words that led me there. It was my words of just going, oh, no, it's all good. You know, God understands and all that sort of thing. And, you know, and for me, I've got to watch that. I've got to watch, no, hang on. What am I really saying here? Am I, am I pulling myself away? And I love how James, when he's sort of in that last little bit where he's talking about that divided tongue, that, 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 that contrast. You know, sometimes it praises the Lord our Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing, cursing comes pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. And let's, let's not have a divided tongue. Let's not let the enemy gain any ground through our words. No matter how hard man has tried, he has difficulty taming the tongue. Education cannot do it. You know, in, our, in our own nation, we, we try to teach our kids over and over now. We've got to respect each other and look after each other. But <laughs> any teacher would <laughs> have that exact same reaction. You know? We do. We try. I work in the schools myself and we, we, we try to see things happen. There's something about the human condition, the human nature that just goes against that. Education cannot do it. Turning over a new leaf can't do it. You know? Some people think just by sheer willpower. Power. And, and there are people out there. And the fact is, you know, I'm sure all of us could put up a hand of someone that you know don't profess any um, relationship with God that are lovely, genuine, caring people that just speak life. But it's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that. Turning over a new leaf will not do it. Only a supernatural transform, transformation can do it. Only Christ can enable us to control ourselves and cause our words to be constructive, honest and loving. Yeah, as, I, as I prayed during our time of prayer before, you know, I was, I was up fairly late last night just doing some bits and pieces and I tuned in on the, the acceptance speech of, of Mr. Albanese. And I just, I really just hope that he will be a man that holds to his word because he spoke of kindness. He spoke of a government that will actually build together despite the differences and the differences of opinion and things like that. And I love the fact that between him and Scott Morrison, Scott Morrison apparently did call him and, and congratulated him and it was just very genuine and very um, respectful in the way they interacted with each other in that last moment before the decision was, I guess, called as such. And I'll tell you what, that's my hope and prayer. In my mind, it doesn't really matter who's the head honcho because God's the one that can get in there. And I just pray that these men and these people that have been elected, that they do just have an opening in their heart for the direction of the Holy Spirit. But let's just do our best. Let's do our part. Let's make sure our words bring life. So whether we agree or disagree with what's been going on and, and happening, you know, speak about things in a way where you go, yeah, I may not be 100% happy with it, but I'm going to do my bit to bring life and hope to 
the people in the community around me. Yeah? I think we can do that. And it's not through our own strength. It's through the strength of Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, God, I thank you for today. And I thank you for this word and just the encouragement we have in you. And I pray, Lord God, that forever, Lord God, we can have that, that prayer upon our tongue, Lord God, that it's not my will be done but yours. Lord God, we surrender ourselves to you. We, 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 we surrender our lives to you. So I pray that today, Lord God, we can afresh, Lord God, surrender our tongue to you, our words. May our words be wholesome. May our words be full of hope and faith and love. May our words, Lord God, bring truth, Lord God. And even though truth sometimes can be hard to hear, that it's spoken in such a way that, it, that they cannot deny the love that's behind that truth. I thank you for your word that speaks life over us, that speaks life over your world. And I just pray, Lord God, that more people start to open their eyes to see it. In Jesus' name, amen.